in the scriptures. But I think maybe for some of the parents in the room, they're thinking, okay, but I've got some practical needs. I've got some struggles. And hopefully they'll be able to answer some of that for you today. I do think for all of us who don't have kids yet, that actually we want to be preparing our biblical imagination or parenting imagination so that one day when we get there, it's not starting from scratch. Actually, we've got some foundation of biblical teaching around that. And the other thing I really am hoping is that as they speak, and as Shane has spoken, when all of us are thinking about our Father in heaven and how he loves and treats us. And even as they speak practically, I love you to almost hear through two ears. <laughs> hear through the, the ear of how do I live this out, and hear through the other ear of how does God treat me this way. So I think the first question I wanted to ask you guys today is one of the things you said, Shane, is actually you guys want your kids to be secure in your love for them. So that actually in the same way, they, they will be secure in the knowledge of their Father in Heaven's love for them. So how do you guys practically do it in the way you guys practice parents, Jack and Heidi? So, so one of the things... Yeah, this is going to be hard for me to sit and stand still. Um, so one of the things... <laughs> So, so one of the things we, um, so, 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 sorry, I can't do it. So we want, so, so we, we really want to free our kids from a performance-based love. Because how many of us have, have wondered if we've done enough to earn our parents' love? Or if we've done enough to earn God's love. So one of the practical things that we do with our kids is, is we say to them, why does dad love you? Or why does mom love you? And their, their standard answer, and it's probably rote parrot fashion at the moment, is because I'm your son or because I'm your daughter. So then we don't just leave it at that. We say, okay, so if you had to do something wrong, would we still love you? And then they answer, yes. And we say, why? Because I'm your son. So then they, we say, okay, so what happens if you did something really, 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 really bad? Um, would we still love you? Yes. Why? Because I'm your son. Um, and then if, um, th- then we just think of examples and, and we just constantly say, because I'm your son, because I'm your daughter. And then we kind of, the last question we say is, will mom and dad ever stop loving you? No. What do you have to do to make mom and dad stop loving you? Nothing. And then we, that's kind of how God relates to us because we his son, because we his daughter. There's nothing that we can do to make him love us less. There's nothing we can do to make us love him more. Because, and the reason why, uh, even if it's just rote parrot fashion at the moment, there's going to come a time in our kids' lives where they're going to doubt their love for, our love for them. They're going to do something hectic. And you know what? If we can cement into their hearts now that it's not based on performance, it's based on by virtue of birth, that they are accepted. Um, I, I, I hope, I hope we, we're doing okay. Do you want to add anything? Is that all right? Because I'm your son. I'm just excited to see you get up for the next. Okay, question. now I'm going to sit. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe sons, maybe you can start with this one. Um, I think one of the things uh, you both spoke to me about before, and I know maybe just in preparing for today, you've spoken about connection. Connection, obviously, with each other in marriage, but connection with your kids. How do you guys connect with your kids and make sure that's happening? And how close for that to be happening so that they're able to open up and speak with you? Um, I think we've tried to be intentional with um, dinner time. So we try and eat around the table. Even if Shane and I eat something different and we eat later, we'll sit at the table and we talk. And if you have kids, you would know if you ask, so how was your day? You get the standard, fine. So we try and ask questions. So Shane actually came up with, with this. And so he'll say, did anything funny happen today? Or 
what made you sad today? We need to allow them to talk about you know, the bad parts of the day as well. So just asking good questions and then just roll from that, uh, let them talk. Um, we try during that time not have any phones on us or TV on and just make those moments count, especially in the car. Shane is great at that. Um, don't switch on the radio or often, you know, Holly Taylor Swift fan. Like, oh, please, let's listen to music. And then we say, let's rather talk. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, weekend, every now and then, weekends we do allow music. So we're not these hardcore, <laughs> awkward silence things, but, um, <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I think what we, what we, what we do a lot as parents is we talk too much. And I think we need to learn to ask more questions because as you ask questions, we get into people's worlds. But when you tell, it's almost like, and the more they talk, the more you can see where they're at. And what's inside, it's not just parenting, it's really with friendships, with everything. We need to ask more questions. And as you ask questions, I think connections get established. Okay, well, maybe here's another one. In terms of the way you guys parent your kids, uh, you spoke a little bit about raising kids up and also raising them out a little bit. And um, in a way... I guess the question is that balance of the teaching kind of discipline side of parenting and also the letting and fail, you know, the, not the razor blades, but the, okay, you don't have a sandwich today thing. So how do you guys work that tension and that balance in your parenting? I think that what was helpful for me was to understand the seasons of parenting we have. In any relationship, you have different seasons. And for parenting, from the age when the kids are, say, 0 to 5, that's your discipline um, season and that's you can't really reason with them but the aim is that you teach them these consequences to their decisions if they don't listen when you shout stop they might get knocked over you know and as they grow the stakes rise so during that phase uh, discipline is really takes up most of that part and then they move on from age five to about 12 and that's the training phase and that's where you now talk about the why behind the what why aren't you allowed to do that or why do we do this and it's more conversational and right about from 12, 13 up to 18, that's the coaching phase. And that's what we do as a coach would stand on the sideline. You coach from the side. So sometimes you pull them off the field, have a little discipline, you know, bench them for a while. But then you send them back and let them make decisions and you're coaching from the side. And then from 18 onwards, that's your friendship years. That's where you enjoy your kids as adults. They make decisions. And I think the, your input is by invitation, maybe. <laughs> And um, so that's helped me. So you can't, if you discipline in the coaching years, you're going to frustrate your kids. And they, you know, it's just to do the appropriate things. Brilliant. You're amazing. <laughs> so um, one of the things you did this time is you used the B word discipline. And I'm sure for some people here in the room, hearing that word is like, it's a little bit uncomfortable. And probably people have very different philosophies around how to discipline kids, what they've experienced. I think. Probably a lot of us in this room grew up with a solid hiding or I know some kids back at school would boast about what they got hit with, you know, either it was the hose pipe or the belt or whatever it was. So I think some of us are probably a little bit scarred. We've got like some really negative views of disciplines in our mind. David's smiling over there. I don't know what you, if you got the belt or what, but um, what are maybe some very different positive discipline examples that you guys can give just to help us to think we do want to do that, but what that can look like? Yeah, you go. You're good. Um, the main idea for me, Grant, is that discipline is not punishment. If we punish our children, the only thing you're teaching them is what behavior not to repeat. For us, discipline is a teaching moment. We need to correct our kids. So a discipline moment, it need, you need to teach them what to do instead the next time. Because we've got small kids, 
uh, after we have a discipline moment, we'll explain to them why their behavior was wrong, and then ask them, what do you think you can do next time when this happens? And because they're still little, you need to prompt. Do you think maybe next time you can do this? Obviously, when they get older, they need to come to their own conclusions. So for us, discipline, there's always correction. You can't punish. That's not the idea. Um, and also, Shane's so great at this, but after a, a discipline moment, a teaching moment, there needs to be connection restored. You can't leave kids to stew. Um, or, you know, you deserve it. You go and think about what you've done and when you really come back to me. I think, and, you know. Um, so Shane, whenever he speaks to the kids, they come out tickling, laughing out the room. And that's the idea, because that's how God parents us. I don't think God lets us stew over and feel bad and then you wonder, when am I okay again with mom and dad? Mm. So discipline for us would be correction and then definitely um, connection with story. I think what's also important is to separate the behavior from the individual. So you you made a mistake, you are not a mistake. So um, like with us, when we sin, when we make a mistake, it doesn't mean that we are a mistake, but we made a mistake. So you don't say, um, you, and I, I did this the other day, I'm terrible at it. Um, um, you, you, uh, you don't say, you are mean. Um, you say, that was mean. So you separate the, the behavior from, from, from the individual when disciplining. I think that's very important. You don't want to raise kids up thinking that they're failures. So Shane, I think there was one thing you were saying in your message to the people pleasers in the room that we really struggled with. I think almost that idea of disciplining your kids and then not liking you and saying, you're, you're mean, you're horrible. How can you do this to me? Your kid's getting angry with you and still following through with that. How, um, when your kids are pushing boundaries, breaking boundaries, you need to discipline them. How do you guys handle that? Maybe it's a little bit you guys. <laughs> um, it's okay for them to react. If you don't have your will enforced, you get upset. But I think as adults, we have the emotional maturity, hopefully, to process that well. And with kids, they will rant. They will shout, you know. And let them do that. A very dear friend of ours give us such good advice. To let them blow off steam if it's really bad. You know, so go jump on the trampoline or go for a run. Or Jack needs some time in his room uh, to process quietly. Holly's more verbal and active. And that's okay. You need to let them. But I think the key is the the timing and the how. So they can't smack you and say, I hate you. I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> you know, we need to teach them and coach them as well. There are appropriate ways and appropriate times mm. how to blow off steam and let them express why they feel it's unfair. And as our kids get older, we and they feel it's an unfair boundary that we've set within dialogue. So what would you think is fair? Um, I think if you identify the type of behavior, the misbehavior, it needs to be appropriate consequence um, and let them dialogue in terms of what they think is fair. I think what's also important is for your kids to know that you have their back, that you have good things for them. Like our Heavenly Father, when He disciplines us, uh, the Lord disciplines those He loves, um, that it's for our benefit. So when we're disciplining our kids, we're saying, we're doing this for you because one day if you're an adult and you behave like this, this is what's going to happen. So I'm helping you now so that you're not going to be X, Y, Z down the line. Just like how God shapes and molds us now because if we don't nip that behavior, just think 10, 15, 20 years down the line, what's that going to look like? But God in his love disciplines and shapes and molds us for our benefit because he's a loving God and, and hopefully we are loving parents. Can I quickly add? Yeah. Um, we had a conversation the other day and I explained to Holly why we need rules. 
I said to her, if, so she's the first one to make up rules in the friendship circle. So I said, if you don't have rules, is, you know, are you going to have fun? No. Um, if I drive the way I want to, are we going to be safe on the road? No. So you explain the relevance, you know, in any game, if the rules are about everyone has fun. So I think one last question. So in that passage we went through today, talking about the type of parenting that's in the Lord. Yeah. That's the phrase Paul uses. What does that look like for you guys? How do you parent from a distinctly Christian point of view, cross-centered, Christ-centered point of view? What could we do differently to maybe other styles and models of parenting? You go. Masaga. So I think what makes our parenting different in the Lord is that you make Jesus real, I think. So we try, when we talk about God, we, we call him Father God because we want to encourage that Jesus really wants to have a, a friendship with you. So I think if, um, if it's just a religion to us, it's not relevant. So the way we speak about God or when we pray, it's in their language, it's, we try and weave it through our everyday. It's not just we go to church on a Sunday just because we do. It's because, you know, you explain the why behind what we do and how we do it. I think it's good for our kids to see us pray, to see us reading the word, the word being important to us, um, and praying together with them. And um, that it's not that you've got to be all eloquent and holier than thou kind of thing, but, oh Lord, uh, if you ask our kids to pray, their first line is, um, uh, Father God, thank you that you love us so much. Because for the first few years, that's all we prayed with them. We just want them to know that God loves them um, and that God is for them and he's a good God and we can be trusted with your life. Um, and um, and we're still working this out as we go along. We don't have it all together. We're not these parental gurus. We just, one day at a time, in the grace of God, just one or two things we've found really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for sharing a little bit today. Why don't we give them a round of applause? Um, in our prayer meeting before the service today, there were just two words that were shared that I'm, I'm going to share now, but I actually think there could be a bit of a response. I think some of you are thinking, this is down the line for me. Some of you are thinking, well, I wish I'd heard this 30, 40 years ago. I don't know, wherever the balance is. But I think there is a response for some of us, maybe as parents, to actually repent before God and say, God, we haven't done it your way, you know? And I also think there's probably a response for some of us today saying, I actually want the love of the Father in heaven. And maybe for some of you, there's also a deep hurt with natural parents, mothers or fathers that have hurt you in the way they've parented you or rejected you or spoken to you in certain ways. And I just think there's an amazing opportunity for us to respond to God. So I did want to ask if some of our deacons and leaders could just come to the front. We're going to go out with a song. But if you would like to respond today or would like prayer today or something has actually impacted your heart, don't just process this alone. Process this with someone and ask for prayer and trust that the Spirit of God could meet with you in a powerful and significant way. So we're going to go out with that song. Deacons, can I ask you to come forward? Let me just briefly pray. Father in heaven, we pray that you would pour out your love on us now. We pray that we would know who we are in Christ and know how we are to live as your children. And I pray for each of us in this room that we would be good sons or daughters. And for those of us who are parents or will become parents, that you would give us your wisdom and grace to parent our kids in the way you parent us. We look to you and we love you, Lord. Amen.